0: Hey, we're Brittany and Tiffany, and we're here to help you navigate both the wild and wonderful parts of raising your people. Because
1: we're obsessed with how motherhood ties all our families together.
0: I'm a mama to seven and the creator of the deliberate day. I'm a mama of five and ideal and inspiration. We're here to empower, encourage, and entertain you with laughter, stories, and tried and true secrets for an intentional motherhood with more love and less overwhelm. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, get comfortable and grow with us. We're going to ask again, how are you really?
1: Your answer here, it's actually much more important for you to hear than us.
0: We did some digging into what survival mode really means in motherhood and we came up with some surprising insights. First of all, in our humble opinion, survival mode isn't just a mode. It's a season. This is actually good
1: news, I promise, because if you're in a season of survival right now, like all seasons in motherhood, it won't
0: last forever. But here's the truth. Sometimes leaning into a season of survival isn't enough. And we find ourselves spiraling, steeped in negativity, or just stressed out, sleep-deprived, and irritable to the max. Because honestly, that's just real motherhood sometimes.
1: Okay, we said it in the last podcast and we'll repeat it again. Seasons of survival can look like you having a lack of focus, difficulty in remembering or recalling things, daily fatigue or exhaustion, being emotionally reactive, forgetting to care for or putting your own basic needs aside, decision fatigue,
0: or being more impulsive. If any, or frankly, all of those are ringing a bell with you, and you've already done the work to simplify, to create new expectations, to create new soundtracks, and to find your people, but you are still struggling, we want to share some thoughts that really work when you feel like you're drowning, and I promise we know because we've been there. So coping
1: in a season of survival really begins with your mindset. Because if you're waking up every morning with all these negative thoughts and mindsets, your brain is going to spend the day looking for evidence to support them. And no surprise, it's going to find it. And that's what you'll
0: see and experience for the entire rest of the day. Sometimes in motherhood, our thoughts are the only thing we do have control over. You're never going to hear Tiffany and I come on and tell you that motherhood should be easy. That if you just have this system, that it's going to be a breeze. Because nothing in motherhood is really easy, but we can help you meet the hard in a good and healthy way.
1: Another way to cope is to give yourself grace because you are just one person. I constantly ask my kids, hold on, how many kids are there? And they say five. How many moms are there? And they say one. That's
0: the thing. You are only one person, so you need to give yourself some grace. And really, our best is enough, and what we don't have time for or didn't get to today is still enough from us. Okay, so another
1: way to cope is to use grounding practices. Some of these look a lot like
0: self-care. Stop and actually make a list so that you have options because honestly, decision fatigue is real. And when you're in the heat of absolute stress or overwhelm in a season of survival, you're not going to have a lot left to sit down and go, hmm, okay, well, these are my best coping techniques, and so on and so forth, you know. Because I'm actually talking to my kids about that when one of them gets really angry she tends to just completely shut down and she denies any of the options that I'm giving her. And I said, you know, we've talked about how when we get to a point where we're so emotionally reactive that we're shutting down, we're closing off the option to make a good decision. So having a list, you can go through and and see what grounds me, what is going to help me again. And I have a list myself personally. It's have you eaten? Have you moved your body? Are you tired? Have you listened to music? Have you turned on an Audible book? Have you gone for a walk? And so those are just things that I basically ask myself in the heat of really struggling with something. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just pick something off of this list, or I'm literally going to go down the list one by one. Feeding is at the top because I tend to be a hangry person. But that's what we're talking about. Look for grounding practices that are self care for yourself. Make a list. Maybe it's to shower and. You can feel like a new person. Maybe it's to just get in the sunshine. Or like I said, maybe it's go for a walk like it is for me. Maybe it's dance to music or put earbuds in with a good story. Maybe honestly, it's just plugging your ears, closing your eyes, putting your back up against a wall and taking some deep breaths so that you can desensitize yourself as much as possible in an overstimulating situation.
1: Some other good coping skills can be to recognize what is working against you right now. Are there certain people, okay, this can't be your kids, because it can be your kids. But... It
0: can be your kids, but you can't get rid of them.
1: <laughs> yes, we, can, we uh, once again, we don't want you to get rid of your kids. But there are people in your life who can work against you. Maybe stress eating is working against you. Hello, raising my hand.
0: Yeah, same here.
1: Maybe mind melting with reels while you feel that it gives you something. Maybe it actually doesn't. Maybe it just makes you more emotionally reactive when your kids interrupt it. Maybe Facebook is really working against you. Seeing all, I guess it's Instagram now, but Facebook for me because I'm a little bit older. But seeing everyone else's wonderful lives on Facebook can can make you not in a good place. So you need to recognize that. Maybe running doesn't serve you. I will say it doesn't serve me, especially with Brittany because she runs too fast. (laughs) Maybe yelling doesn't serve you. Maybe it feels good, like, for 30 seconds and then you feel awful after because you know that's not the right way to tell your kids. Yeah, that's just not the mom you want to be. And finally, maybe having too much on the schedule, also raising my hand because I think I can teleport, is working against you.
0: So when it comes to a season of survival, we need to get our mindset right. We need to give ourselves grace. We need to find grounding practices that work for us. And we need to eliminate the ones that are not working for us. And then finally, we need to ask for help. And I mean reach out like for real. You know, everyone says, I don't know what I'd ask for help with, or I don't have anyone to ask, or I don't know who to ask for help, because honestly, asking for help is intimidating. It's, it is really intimidating. It's vulnerable, it's intimidating, it's hard, and sometimes the people closest to us that we have to be able to ask for help with, they come with strings attached, and maybe they want to help, but you know those strings are attached. And so you go to ask for other people who maybe there aren't strings attached, but that hurts the people who want to help, but you know that there are strings attached. So it it isn't easy. It's not easy to ask for help. Everybody says it like it's so easy. Oh, let me know if you need anything. That is really hard. I I don't know what I need. I don't know how to ask you for what I need. I don't know if asking you for this is too much or too little. So we really do understand that it isn't easy to ask for help. But there are people there ready and waiting that God has put in your life to help you, to support you, and to be there for you when you need them. This might be people in your family or your friends. This might just be a little old lady at church who smiles at you every time you walk in with your wild brood. Okay? Maybe you can find help at the library. You can find homeschool students who are studying there and want to be a mother's helper. Or you can find a really good babysitter who's posted up her information on the bulletin board. You know, go to the interwebs. Go to the internet. Because it is a wealth of where you can find help. Just as a caveat, be careful on the internet. Because the help we find there really, really rides a fine line. But, you know, if you're looking for a local nanny, go and look for reviews on her or testimonials and see what you can find on the Internet. Or get a good nanny website where people are vetted and you can trust them, you know?
1: Also, it can be helpful to have a few ideas of what you could actually ask for help with. And these can include things like school pickup and drop-off. Maybe you trade off with another mom. Maybe trading homeschool subjects like art for science. I know Brittany has a lot of experience with this.
0: Yes, my dear friend, she did step in and started teaching science for me at a time where I really just needed some extra help with that. And and it's been amazing. And honestly, as far as the school pick up and drop off, sometimes you can find, like I said, that sweet little old lady at church who might be willing once or twice a week to take your kid or just bring your kid home right at nap time when you know it's a pain in the rear end to get in the car and go get them. So if you just give yourself one day off or two days off a week like that's help enough we don't have to have help permanently we don't have to have big help we can start asking for help in small ways because those are going to pay dividends
1: another idea could be household chores maybe your husband really could help or maybe you can get a maid like once a month for the heavy
0: stuff I know Brittany also
1: has some experience with this
0: I did. I actually hired a sweet lady who just came once a month and did heavy cleaning. And the house would get messy immediately. My husband would look at the house right after she came and he would be like, oh my gosh, are you serious? We didn't even get 24 hours out of it. But for me, there was so much peace of mind knowing that when I had lots of kids all under nine years old, that it really wasn't the end of the world. Like that I wasn't scouring all the bathrooms at that time or that Once a month, my house was a little bit tidier and it was a lot cleaner. Somebody else was taking on scouring the bathrooms for me. Somebody else was taking on cleaning the fans because I honestly just didn't have the capacity at the time to stop what I was doing during the day and take on big, heavy cleaning chores without having to really pay for it on the back end. Because I was blessed with very creative, very intelligent children who... Like to be very independent and to get into things like ice cream and yogurt and sticky things that make big messes. Like big, huge, entire boxes of cereal that were dumped on the floor. Or they like to be very creative and color things in magic marker my entire downstairs. I am not even kidding you. Inside a shoe, all over my piano. It was it was madness. All while I was upstairs trying to clean Vaseline out of a carpet. It was like... Anyways, yes, a maid, once a month. It's amazing, okay? So think about household chores where you can ask for help with. Maybe that's a maid, maybe that's your husband, maybe that's your older kid, maybe that's just someone you say, hey, I hate cleaning these things at my house, but I'm totally willing to clean them at yours because I don't know if you've ever done dishes at somebody else's house or cleaned somebody else's kitchen or anything, but it's way more fun at their house than it is yours. So trade off. Also, one or two easy dinners a week. I had a neighbor... And we were really good friends for many years before she moved. And that's exactly what we would do. One night a week, she would come to my house. One night a week, we would go to her house. And we just traded off dinners. And then I was only cooking on those nights. And she was only cooking on those nights. And so it was just really nice because I got a break. And we got a break in groceries. And we got to try different foods. And then Tiffany and Brittany and I, when we were doing the homeschool group together, we were sharing meals. And it's just dinner is a surprisingly big mental load and it's kind of it it's almost like an iceberg dinner is a lot like an iceberg you know where it doesn't look like much and you're looking at it off in the distance and you're like eh, whatever okay and then when the boat gets up to it it's a darn big iceberg right there's a lot more to it than just what you saw coming up to it and so you kind of have to prep and be ready for it so having a night off from that oh my gosh it's such a gift
1: so another way that you can ask for help with is time to nap. This one is near and dear to my heart because I love to nap. Maybe your husband can handle the kids for 30 minutes while you go take a nice cat nap. That is an amazing thing. Also grocery shopping. Maybe you have a friend or maybe your husband could help with grocery shopping. Now you can pay people to do grocery shopping. That's a thing. It was never a thing before. Y'all are lucky. When I had little kids, I had to take them all to the, to the store. I'm kidding, but no, I'm not kidding. Actually, I did. But that grocery pickup and grocery delivery, those are amazing things.
0: You sound like one of those grandmas. Back in my day, yes. I didn't have that goodness that uh, you have. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so. Maybe you just need two hours a week to be able to be by yourself or to get something done or to run to the grocery store by yourself. And you can get Mother's Day out programs for that, or you can get homeschool kids are excellent mothers helpers because a lot of times it's bigger families at homeschool for whatever reason. So you often find children who are raised around younger children who are excellent at caring for younger children who just know what to do and when to do it. And you don't have to explain to them how to change a diaper. And okay, I have a story to tell. Actually, we invited someone to our house when maybe I was pregnant with my fifth or something. And she was honestly such a dear. I still love and adore her to this day. But she came kind of as a test run to my house and stayed with us for about 30 minutes to an hour and I was like explaining the ropes and kind of explaining who to watch for and you know kind of how things go in the house and everything and she left with a little smile on her face and I thought this is going to be amazing and then about 20 minutes later she messaged me back and was like I am so sorry but I can never babysit for you and I was like oh okay I understand because honestly she was an only child and and we were just a lot but I know that my kids my oldest daughter and even my oldest son they can handle like 10 kids they can round up a slew of kids and have them all cleaning a room or have them all eating dinner or all getting ready for bed in the blink of an eye because that's what they're used to so if you need help Seek out local homeschool groups and say, I'm looking for a mother's helper. I want to pay $5 an hour and have somebody come three days a week for three hours each. That's a lot of money to a 12 or 13-year-old kid, but for you, that is completely invaluable time where someone is actively playing with your kids. And that's a huge, huge thing if you can find that. And then maybe, like I said before, I kind of veered off that point, but two hours a week, there was a time where I traded off with a friend and she would come to my house for about two to two and a half hours. And I would just go run errands and do things by myself. And then on another day of the week on Thursday, I would go to her house and I would stay with her kids and I would just hang out at her house for two and a half hours. And that's how we would trade off. And I got it's just such a small amount of time you think two and a half hours and it does it goes quickly But having that time to myself and having that time to get things done where I didn't have to drag in a car seat and a toddler and I didn't have to bring in snacks and toys and things to color on when we went into a doctor's appointment or I was pregnant for 12 years straight, okay? There were so many times that I was going into doctor's appointments where I was having to pee in a cup and I was having to be in awkward positions and I took my kids to so many of those appointments. But the appointments I didn't have to take my kids to were like a vacation, okay? They were like a vacation. So we have given you tons of ideas. And really, now it's up to you to use them. Because just like my daughter and even I struggle in the heat of frustration or stress to use the tactics that we know will work, you're going to struggle to remember and to use these too. But it's up to you to make yourself a list and to set yourself up for success by knowing that these seasons of survival, they're tough. That's why they're called what they're called and that we need to be our own best friend and look out for ourselves here.
1: And if you aren't in a season of survival right now, you should also make some notes because when shit goes sideways, you may just need them. Or maybe this podcast was meant for you so you could minister to another mom drowning in survival mode.
0: Okay, mamas, let's recap. Sometimes leaning into a season of survival isn't enough, and we find ourselves spiraling or steeped in negativity or just stressed out. Because honestly, that's just real motherhood. So when that happens, you should start with your mindset. You need to give yourself grace.
1: Choose some grounding practices, make a list, and do them in the heat of the
0: moment. Be aware of what's working against you.
1: And finally,
0: ask for help. Mamas, we are starting a new podcast series, and we are so excited about it. It's called Just a Mom, and that's because no mom is just a mom.
1: We really believe that mothers hold incredible wisdom and knowledge and we want to tap into it and share it because we all have amazing stories, triumphs, challenges,
0: and beauty to share with the world. So many of the mamas that we've been blessed to meet feel like their ordinary lives aren't anything interesting to share, but we could not disagree with that anymore. So if you
1: know a mother with a great story or if you have a story to share, reach out to us on Instagram at The Deliberate Day. And remember, Mama, you are
0: doing beautiful work.